How's everybody tonight? Good evening, everybody. Just about to get the show ready. Everyone remain calm. Well, all right. Linertel is in the house. Yeah. Let's see if we got. Uh, oh, I'm in the dark. That's why you can't see anything. Ah, we don't need any lights. I, I don't. You don't need to. You, you don't have to show video. I don't show video. So it's up to you, yeah. Lynn. Yeah. So the site went down at about 12 o'clock. I don't know what happened. Could be anything, anyone. I really don't know, but it is coming back to life now. It's backed up every day. So hopefully it won't go back down as soon as they put it back up. Yeah, the forums, the forums are all working. They are working. It's just the one, the blog is taking up all the resource and causing it to take forever to load. That's what's happening there. I guess that's considered a band, a bandwidth issue, huh? Well, because something's throttling away on the blog, I don't know what it is. I didn't do anything today. So I don't know what happened. And I'm not that I'm not that technically adept to figure it out, so we'll just have to see if it happens again. You do well enough, but uh, I certainly noticed the conjunction or I should say the uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc of that that interview with Jim Rizzoli about Ernst Zundel. And then all of a sudden, everything goes down. It's like, it happened in the middle of what I was listening. I was listening, you know, I don't get to listen to it live necessarily, but I always try to listen to it later. And Oh, were you listening to it off the page, the web page? Yeah. Uh, well, I go to the podcast, I go... I got an application on this Mac called Podcast. And then uh, from there, I go to the episode website, which okay. is at Figologist. But I still don't know whether it's going through WordPress or not. I, I haven't figured that part out. No, <laughs> it's not. No, it doesn't. WordPress is the software. WordPress.com is their software running on their server. Well, why Why would I go some... Sometimes when I go to some of your links, I end up... It's like WordPress... And I, I must have gotten on there by way of WordPress originally, because on some I've got I've got uh, let's see how many browsers I got four browsers here. Okay. Chrome, Brave, Safari, and Opera. I probably okay. should get Firefox too and see how that works. Get but, uh, yeah, get the Epic browser. That's the lean, mean one. Oh, Epic. Yeah, it's another Chrome-based browser. Okay. I think Firefox is uh, based on another engine. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's on, yeah, it's on the Gecko engine, I believe. But Chromium, Brave, Epic, they're all based on the Chromium engine, and they can all take the same extensions. Mm -hmm. So uh, browsers will behave differently, and yeah, yes, they will. 
Safari is Apple's. It's I don't know what engine that's based on. Maybe they have their own. I don't know. Well, uh, Net Netscape was the first one, and I think yeah, that, I, I had Netscape. I had Internet Explorer. Yeah, I think Netscape was first, but I'm not sure. Right. What happened to Internet Explorer? When did that die? Well, maybe a few years ago, and they replaced it with uh, what do they call it? Uh, Edge. Oh, never heard of that. <laughs> Edge. Well, that's yeah. what it's called now. I think. That's what Microsoft's browser is. That's right. Internet Explorer was Microsoft, of course. Yeah. Yeah, let me... Oh, you know what? I forgot to do something. Let me just... Let me just go uh, delete yesterday's show on uh, YouTube. I forgot to do that last night. It was so... We finished so late. I wasn't even expecting to do a show yesterday, so better get rid of that. Ooh, I got two... Two YouTubes that I left up. Very, very dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs> they kill everything. If, is that the idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually get rid of it. Um, These bastards. Right away. These See all the bastards. things you have to do? Go ahead. These are all the things you have to do to stay alive in this, in this censorious world. All right, let me start the und broadcast, as we say. And here we go. Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday, January the 23rd, year of our Lord, 2024. It's the Fakeologist Show. We come to you every, almost every day, it seems, sometimes twice a day, around 8 o'clock, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Toronto time, New York time. And this is the Lynn Tell Show. This is where Lynn, who uh, has been doing radio shows and truth talks for at least 20, 30 years, maybe more, who knows, this is where she gives us her week's expoundings. And show note, fakeologist.com, the blog went down at 12 o'clock today. It's the first. The blog is really big now. It's huge. And uh, I'm getting it restored as we speak, so um, I'm, I'm getting all my yesterday's emails again over, so uh, there's that. And so you should see it come back to life sometime today. There's no ETA because I don't think they've ever restored a blog this big. I just felt it was easier to restore it from yesterday than to try and figure out what happened. And I'm not saying it's outside forces. It could be inside forces that uh, brought itself down or it could be outside forces. I just don't know. So we'll just have to wait and see if it comes back up again. And uh, the only thing we we couldn't do tonight is email out the all the people that are on the blog that the show is on. But if you sign up to fakotube.com, which is a separate separate uh, IP, then you will get a an email that fakotube is online. And uh, so you get a notification there. And if you want a text alert, just send me a text at 810-666-1984 or 902 Well, wait. Yeah, 902-400-1984. That's not right. Oh, boy. I can't even go to my blog to see my own phone numbers. It's 810-666-1984, 902-400-1984. Send a text there, and I will send you a text when the show begins. A lot of people like texts. And uh, so we've got Lynn on the line. Lynn, hello. Hello, Lynn. Hello, Lynn. There you yeah. are. 
Yeah, we're here. <laughs> How you doing? How you been? Well, uh, today, this afternoon, I got a call, phone call from my next door neighbor. Okay. Right. Great. So I've known, she's been there 20, 25 years. Maybe. She's been there a long time. Okay. This is the one who's two years younger than me, but she's really, really got all kinds of health problems, na nasty health issues, diabetes, hyper everything, hypertension. Uh, they've replaced, uh, I think, both her knees and <clears throat> she gets uh, kidney stones. Okay. Anyway, apparently she has stenosis of the spine for a long time now, and she's been on prescription meds, things like Oxycontin. Okay. And all of a sudden, and these are legally prescribed, but all of a sudden, you know, her original doctor died about five, six years ago. And since then, she's kind of had trouble. She doesn't know how to deal with medical people. She doesn't know how to negotiate with them. Yeah. And basically, uh, she was discharged from one clinic because I think she gave him a hard time. <clears throat> you know, you got to if you're going to deal with doctors and clinics, you, you, it's really a serious business. You got to you got to be very careful. It's diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, she's been out of her meds and is in horrible pain. And called me to say to ask me if I would take her cat because she's getting ready to uh, terminate her life. Oh. Isn't that a great spot to be put in? Well, hold on a sec. You can't do that legally in the United States. You'd have to come up here for the MAID program. <laughs> uh, well, she'd do it herself. She oh. has the means to do it herself. Yeah. She has the means. That's interesting. Right, right there in the house. Yeah, she does. Yeah. Oh, okay. She, does, but, she, does she tell you what she's doing? Well, she wasn't specific about it, but we I, I can tell you the words she used. Go ahead. She said she was going to blow her head off. So oh, that, that, I have to be more. I didn't want to be as explicit at that. Oh, at that, wow. But, right. so she knows she's proficient at firearms. Not really. She <laughs> owns. Uh, uh, OK, she owns small firearms, but she, I wouldn't say she's proficient at all. No. Oh, good luck. Because I think that's dangerous. No. Well, you know, this is not a light matter. What am I supposed to do? Uh, I, do I take her cat and forget it. So I called 988, which is a suicide prevention hotline. Oh, good for you. Except that she left the house, got in her car and left the house. And the next thing I know, two cops are knocking at my door, Howard County cops. And Okay. I will. I, I don't expect to be calling 988 again. Should anything, I've never done that before. Okay. And now that I know that all they do is call the cops, I thought they would call her. That's what they promised me they would do. The social worker said, we'll call her. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to get into this. Uh, it's like. Okay. Don't, it, don't get in. Don't bring death into the room, Lynn. Come on. Oh, <laughs> well, unless it's real death. Yeah. You know, so if she does off herself, which she may, uh, I'll have to deal with that problem as it arises and who will take care of her cat will then become an immediate, but she doesn't have any family. No support network. This is someone who really, uh, she burns bridges behind her until there's nothing left. And that's one of the reasons why she's so isolated. Her health issues could have been mitigated or prevented, but she's stubborn. She doesn't listen. She's one of the worst cases of a baby boomer I could think of, but a lot of them are like that. A lot of them are like Lynn, that. Lynn, do you read Vox Day? He hates baby boomers. Yeah, yeah, I used to listen to his video. He was hooked up with, uh, oh, uh, comedian, uh, 
Benjamin, Ellen Benjamin. Okay. Okay. Is he still partnered with, uh, they were going to do something called unauthorized TV and then it, it fell through the. I don't know. I don't have any idea. I just read Vox Day's blog. And oh. he, he's also saying that blogs, which is what I've had for at least 12 years, probably longer and in other iterations that uh, his traffic is way down. I th I just think it's blogs are not being visited for various reasons, mainly social media, which is just more alluring and more convenient and just faster in general. So, but well, I do that's read like saying that's like saying people watch movies and TV so they don't have to read books or newspapers. Yes. You know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if you'd have said that, well, that's a person who's ignorant. They're not really literate. So yeah, I watch movies. I watch TV, but I read a lot too. Uh, mostly a lot of old books I read. So, Good news. Uh, I, I think, I think the blogs back up everybody. So thank you to uh, my server community for getting that back. So it, Anything that uh, happened after midnight of last night when it backed up is not there anymore. So if you made a comment today, then it's gone. You'll have to oh, re wow. you'll, you'll have to reiterate it. So we just, it looks like we're restored. Woohoo! Yahoo! I don't know what happened, uh, but all I know is that uh, Joe Joe Rogan seems to be a woman. And uh, wow, what a wonderful video that Mister E just put up, and I put it on fakeotube.com. So thank you, Mister E. Let me just say one more thing. I just got a message. I get messages all over the place. So, you know, if my blog goes down, you can hit me up on Discord or Skype. I'm fakeologist just about everywhere. And no planes. You see, all these guys that are talking about the Holocaust all day long, they get so bogged down in the details, and it almost seems like they're trapping you in this, uh, in this drain that you can't get out of. And I keep saying, and I asked Jim, he didn't seem as interested uh, as I am, is what is the purpose of diverting everyone's attention to this, this Holocaust story? And I always thought it was to keep people off the track of what is exactly National Socialism. Anyway, No Plains sent me a message, which I think is correct. He says, National Socialism was the kiss of death for Western capitalism if not kept in the vault. 10-year mortgages, no mortgage if you had four children. The mother was the national hero. It is not hard to figure out why the holo hoax is used to keep it a secret. See, that's what I thought. What do you think, Lynn? Well, <clears throat> there's no doubt that the programs that the National Socialists brought in, if it was really them, I mean, there were a lot of non-members of the party that yeah. crafted their economic policy as well. And you have to look at the the bankers and economic advisors uh, who the who uh, partnered in with the Third Reich okay. and, and their policies. But uh, it was still a police state, though. <laughs> it really was. Well, yeah, and, uh, yeah exactly. And, eugenics, yeah. And, and it was based on eugenics. Mm -hmm. Very, there, very openly so. There were some downsides to it. And, and also they practiced a lot of euthanasia. Now, they may have learned a lot of that from us, but uh, in terms of killing off uh, the mentally defective, the handicapped. Now, is that, uh, do we have any evidence of that or is that just what we're told as, as it's, part it's of their legislation that they passed and they're, okay. it's documented in their own words and it was for okay. the good of Germany, right? especially as war approached. Right. You know, you ever, uh, 
studied the case of the Great Cat Massacre in, no. in the United Kingdom in Great Britain? No, go ahead. Well, there's a great movie called Glorious 39 that deals with this uh, brief period there where the British didn't really know, apparently, whether they wanted to go to war against Germany or not uh, following the invasion of Poland. And there was a long period called the Phony War or Sitzkrieg, which is a parody of Blitzkrieg, as you, as you can imagine. Sitzkrieg, I guess, mean, means sitting war. You just sit there for the war. And that held for quite a while. Um, and in Britain, though, there, there, there was sort of a split. There was Churchill's faction that wanted to go to war because they felt they had no choice, I guess, after the invasion of Poland because of the alliance between the Third Reich and Stalin. That was what was ruling Europe at that point. Okay. And, 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 then there were, and, and England a, had a, a secret uh, alliance with Poland, did they not? It wasn't secret. No, they had an open treaty with Poland. Oh, it was an open treaty. We, yeah, if Poland yeah, gets invaded, Every, then... They, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And, but that didn't mean a thing because both the, because the, the French and the Russians yeah. had a treaty with Czechoslovakia to guard that was crafted right after World War I. It was one of the conditions of Versailles that the, the French uh, and the Russians and, and the British to some extent also we're going to preserve all these new republics that were created from the Versailles Treaty. And Czechoslovakia was one of them, a democracy. Right. And when uh, when Hitler took the Sudetenland and then ultimately swallowed up all of Czechoslovakia, the British really didn't do much. They, they negotiated what was called an appeasement treaty with Germany. Right. At the Munich, Neville Chamberlain went there. That actually was what, created the alliance between Stalin and the Third Reich because Stalin was willing, together with the French, to oppose the German invasion of Czechoslovakia. But when the French, in their characteristic way, chickened out oh. and, and then Neville Chamberlain went to Munich to negotiate the sellout of Czechoslovakia, at that point, Stalin said, I'm going to hedge my bets here. And he turned around 180 degrees, sent Molotov, uh, to Berlin to negotiate with Joachim von Ribbentrop, a German foreign minister, and they crafted very, very quickly the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, the Hitler-Stalin Pact, that resulted in the joint invasion of Poland from both the East and the West by Germany and the Soviet Union. So this is all history that uh, if people want to get into this, they, they need to study. They need to read Mein Kampf. I have a couple of great English translations of that. Uh, published before the war, or they need to read what I uh, posted a link to in the forum. Okay. I hope I posted it yesterday. I might not have. It might have been today. No, yeah. I, I posted it in response to to the discussion with Jim Rizzoli called Hitler and I by uh, Otto Strasser. Otto Strasser and Gregor Strasser, together with Anton Drexler, were the founders of the NSDAP before Hitler joined. Oh, okay. And I'm glad uh, subsequent... You know your history. I'm not gonna. I, I can't even add one thing because yeah, you, the, the know, subject you, you here know what you're Hitler's talking betrayal. about. I, I do not. Yeah, Hitler's betrayal. Hitler's betrayal of his most loyal followers. This reminds me of Trump a lot. Hitler's betrayal of his most loyal followers, and apparently their murder in something called the Night of the Long Knives. Mm -hmm. As soon as uh, as soon as the NSDAP took power, 
and Hitler became chancellor, immediately the army, the old aristocracy, uh, the old officers corps in the army, the brass of the German army demanded that Hitler dissolve his own army, which was the brown shirts led by Ernst Thrum. So, you know, bring somebody else on to talk about this. <laughs> bring Why? David Irving on to talk about it. You know it. what you're well, talking about. I, uh, yeah. Why? That would be a coup. That would be a real coup. I know David Irving's like 100 years old, but it would really be a coup if you could get him for an interview. He's like the dean of British historians. It's really. all right. You'll, you'll have to do. You're fine. You're fine. All right. I mean, I, I'd like to elevate the level of discourse and bring some real world-class intellectuals onto fakeologists. You okay, know? well, you, you'll be our stand-in for now. <laughs> you, you, you're the resident intellectual, so we're, we're good. So we have to go watch Glorious 39 then from the mo year 2009. We have to watch that. That's your movie recommend for the week? Yeah, it's not the greatest movie in the world, but it'll give you some idea of what was going on in Britain at that time, in that year, 1939, how, how rapidly things were changing. And how divided Britain was, British elites. I think most of them didn't did, wanted to settle this thing quickly. They didn't care about Poland. Hey, by the way, by the way, where in the forums did you put that message? Do you know? Well, the reference to uh, Otto Strasser's book yeah. Hitler and I would be right after, right in the Jim Rizzoli. So that's right after the gym was, it's, so, it might have been gone in today. It might not be there. So is that still, is that in the blog then? Yeah. No, it it would be. Oh yeah, it would be oh, in the okay. blog under the podcast. So let me look in the blog, and I'll look under latest comments to see what the last comment was. Okay, yeah. Oh, it made it. So yeah, you did get that in um, yesterday. So perfect. Okay. So it's okay. Turf, it's perfect. So let's click on here. Hitler and I, Otto Strassler. Okay, let's take a look at that. And archive.org, everything's low. Okay, it's a book. Okay, here we go. Okay, reading a book here. All right. Okay, I'll put a link to that. Good one. Now, that's serious. That is for serious students. If Jim Rizzoli really wants to understand uh, the NSDAP, the role of Hitler, Himmler, uh, Goebbels, Goering, uh, that, that's one absolutely essential. Now, remember, Strasser was biased. Okay. He fell out with Hitler because he felt that Hitler was selling out the socialist goals of the party <laughs> to the capitalists, to the Krupps and the Thyssen and the steel magnates. You know, Hitler yes. basically cut a deal. With German industrialists guaranteeing them no strikes, no unions. <laughs> and uh, he did fulfill his end of the bargain as far as that went. Beautiful, interesting. But the Third Reich is not, <laughs> let me put it this it's way it's not it's utopia. A, right, right. Okay. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, the stuff on. Uh, well, that's all right. Uh, we don't need to get into the. Uh, oh, in, in Great Britain, because of the impending likelihood of a war, the government announced an emergency measure that everybody had to euthanize their pets. Okay. Basically, cats and dogs. And so, one of the themes of this movie, Glorious 39, is she's got to take the pet cat to be euthanized by the vet. And they show 
the mass murder of all these cats, right, at like a veterinary farm there in the English countryside. Sorry, what, what was the reason for all that? Well, it, it, you know, it's a good, look it up. Look it up. A, a great cat massacre, you know, uh, cat massacre. All right. Uh, great Britain, 1939. I mean, it's it's history. It happened. <laughs> Nobody's making it up, you know. Are you sure some cats really got hurt? <laughs> oh, oh, they, they, uh, you can read about it. They have an estimate on how many cats were euthanized. A lot of people obviously didn't want to turn in their cats, but this is an interesting question. How many did people stand up to it? And I don't think they did. I think most people gave up their cats and, and their dogs too. Okay. Here, yeah. It says it's on Wikipedia. It must be real. Okay. Well, there are other sources as well. Not a lot on it. Not a lot on w Wikipedia. It's not something the British are very proud of. Right, and this was just to save resources for the war. Okay. Oh, yes, and it reminds me a little bit of uh, Bill Gates saying that in the future, people really should because the carbon footprint of a pet oh, dog yes. or a cat. Oh, yes, I, I, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I, I, I've also said that the future, the future for um, pet ownership is gone because you're not going to have any room for your pet in your little square box that you're going to live in. So I think it's all part of it. Yeah, for sure. I think they just don't want joy in people's lives. I think that's the main thing. I'm not a pet owner anymore. I have too many allergies thanks to the vaccine. But um, I know pets are very therapeutic for people. Well, for me, it's livestock management. We're the livestock. I mean, would you allow your dogs to own pets? Would you allow your dog to have a pet mouse? <laughs> or your cat? I mean, we're the pets, if we're lucky. If we're lucky, we're pets and zoo animals. If we're not, we're just we're just uh, cattle to the slaughter or sheep to be fleeced, you know, made into lamb chops, whatever. Dingo, we are the livestock. Dingo Baby the says the East European consensus in the 1950s is that cats and dogs were total vermin. Well. Is that really true? Because... Cats are essential to control rodent population. That's why they were that's why they were domesticated by the Egyptians right. to guard the granaries. The Egyptians had to store huge amounts of grain uh, in grain silos, and the cats essentially became the guardians of the grain silos to keep All rodents right. out. Well, Dingo Baby also says I know a Chinese grad student that admitted to having to eat her dog because they were starving. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Is that a shot at the Chinese? But I know they... Well, you know what they say about chihu chihuahuas. <laughs> no. <laughs> you never heard that one? No. Well, that the chihuahuas were bred maybe by the Aztecs originally <laughs> for okay. food as a delicacy. Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. I've never tasted chihuahua. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> anyway, thanks for letting me bump you last week. Um, what did you think of the shows with uh, John? Was, were they interesting at all to you? John Robinson, you mean? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, of course, because he's old. <laughs> I like hearing old people yeah, he's review in the his, history. Yeah, he's in, was, he's in his 70s. So, yeah, he's... Yeah, right. No doubt. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I found that very informative. Uh, you know, once again, it, it, <laughs> you have to study the history for yourself and make up your own mind. Oh, did you know Zundel at all in the media? Did you, did yeah, you follow that? Yeah, I remember that? the coverage of Zundel. I, I can tell you how I came to this. Okay. These people are sometimes interested how I arrive at my 
arcane opinions. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I want to hear them. Okay. Well, I kind of became a Holocaust revisionist in the 80s. Okay. I, you have to understand, this thing was created in the 1960s. Okay. Beginning in the mid-1960s, there was this huge push in publishing uh, to create best-selling books that promoted the cause of Israel. And one of these books was a novel. And one of the most influential writers was Leon Uris. And he wrote a book called Exodus. It became a bestseller and was made into a movie starring Paul Newman, Eva Marie Saint, Lee J. Cobb, you know, Sal Mineo, who was a big star at the time. And this was essentially propaganda supporting the narrative of uh, the poor Jews came from Europe and had to fight their way to establish a state. Uh, you've seen Exodus, the movie with Paul Newman, right? You've never seen it? No. Well, you know, I mean. Okay. I got to watch that one now. Well, I mean, <laughs> this is how the whole idea propagated uh among the movie, you know, uh, it's popular culture I'm talking about here. This is what created a popular culture in which there was a, a legacy of sympathy for the state of Israel and Zionism. Then in 1967, we had the Six Day War. And uh, that was kind of seen as all of these nations, Egypt, well, you know, Egypt basically, Gamal Abdel Nasser uh, shut down traffic through the Suez Canal. And then try to blockade the Israelis at the Gulf of Aqaba, which is on the Red Sea there, and failed at that. And then I, I think basically the Egyptians, the Syrians, and the Jordanians all created a coalition. Although some claim that the Israelis preemptively bombed Syrian and Egyptian airfields first to okay. knock them out of the fight. But anyway, it was a six-day war. And that really riled up the American public. Now, this is when the attack on the USS Liberty occurred. And this is something you could really do an entire show on. The so-called attack. Yes, well. Uh, Fake nukes would say, show me the bodies, show me the evidence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I sure thought it was real. <laughs> I did. Sure. Um, but I want to point out that, and this is very interesting to me, Okay. Uh, people are focused on Chabad Lubavitch. These are the guys who supposedly created that. There's tunnels, tunnels in Brooklyn. We've all seen that tunnel story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not the only Hasidic sect. There's another one called, there are others, but there's another one not as large called Satmar that is bitterly, bitterly hostile towards Zionism in the state of Israel. Okay. Whereas Chabad Lubavitch, they're called the Lubavitcher Hasidim. You got the Lubavitcher Hasidim, the Satmar Hasidim, then the Naturi Karta, which is another group opposed to the state of Israel. But at one time, at one time, most of the Hasidic Jews and the very traditionalist Orthodox Jews despised the state of Israel and despised Zionism. Okay. Because they said this shouldn't happen until the Messiah comes, until Mashiach comes. Okay. And until then, it was artificial. It was phony. And this created a split uh, in the Jewish community where you had modern Jews, those who were not religious, but maybe who ethnically identified as Jews. And then you had uh, the conservative and the reform 
congregations and some modern Orthodox who supported Israel uh, during the Six Day War. And then you had those Orthodox that really didn't know what position to take. But after the six, sometime after the Six Day War, and it's not clear to me how this happened. The Lubavitcher Hasidim flip-flopped 180 degrees and became pro-Israel. Now, I don't understand how that happened. I don't even remember it happening. But if you don't believe me, there's another movie you should watch based on another best-selling novel okay. by author Chaim Potok, P-O-T-O-K, called The Chosen. It was made into a critically acclaimed movie Starring Robbie Benson as a Hasidic youth. Do we all remember Robbie Benson from? Uh, is this a TV? Is this a TV series or a movie? No, it's a movie. A movie. A movie. Okay, here we go. Yeah, the chosen. Okay, right. Based on a novel by Chaim Potik. and okay. the substance of this movie was an encounter. Was the encounter and the relationship between the Robbie Benson character. Very, very, the son of a, of a chief rabbi, played by Rod Steiger. I remember Robbie Benson, yeah. You might have seen this movie. No, no, I'm sure I haven't, but... Well, you haven't seen many movies, have no, you? No, 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 not really. I'm too busy. <clears throat> um, but I'll, this is from 1981. What was I doing in 1981? Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, if you don't feel like reading the novel, watch the movie, and it will make it clear to you, yeah. without a doubt, talk about a Mandela effect. Okay. This Mandela effect says, well, I can remember when all the super Orthodox and especially the Hasidim were completely opposed to the state of Israel and hated Zionism. When did that change? What happened? When did the Lubavitcher Hasidim become pro-Israel? I'm not getting it. And that's something I probably need to research on my own. Okay. Whether that happened in the 70s, sometime in the 70s, how that was done, whether there was money involved. But uh, the lead character in that, one of the main characters in that movie, played by Rod Steiger, a very, very orthodox Hasidic rabbi and a leader in the community, he's bitterly, bitterly, bitterly opposed to the Zionist project which at the same time is being defended by another uh, liberal Jewish intellectual played by the great actor Maximilian Schell, who I don't think is Jewish, he's German, <laughs> but he plays the part brilliantly. And the movie is about that conflict. So, it, you know, watch the, the Chosen, good movie and a good way to think about current support for Israel among the, the Chabad Lubavitch as a Mandela effect. Because it sure feels that way to me. They flip-flopped 180 degrees. And I've never read a coherent explanation for it. Never. It's got to be the money. Okay. All right. So other than that, you enjoyed the history of, of the whole Zundel story. and, and uh... Well, I, you know, I know people are raising a lot of questions about Zundel's personal history. Yeah, there was one guy, and we had him on last night, Zero One. That was a pretty good show. And we did an audio chat with Zero One today as well. It went a little long, so uh, we'll post that soon. A lot of content here on Fakeologist if uh, people like it. So 
There's many hours of that to uh, listen listen to. All right, what else has been going on this week? Anything on the Facebook group that I'm not on anymore? <laughs> um, uh, people have been posting uh, some interesting items. Uh, let's see, what are the main concerns over at the Facebook group? Let me take a look. <laughs> Do you go over I mean, there much? Or are you uh, spending lots yeah, of time on the Yeah, yeah, I'm over there. I'm over there once a day. Let's see what's what's going on because uh, I post a lot at the desk of Tim Osman, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like anybody else is over there. So, okay, right, let me, yeah, oh. let me see. Yeah, I have to jog my memory now. Uh, uh here we go. Fakeologist <laughs> and fakeologist too. Uh, let's see. Oh. Oh, whoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's stuff I posted also in the forum. Okay. Tell me on where the, it is on the forum because I'll, corona, I'll I, yeah. We've been doing a lot of posting in the coronavirus forum. Okay. Let's find that here. Here it is uh, on the top. Everyone, make sure you get your login at the Fakeologist forums. It's a separate one from the blog, so make sure you go over there. So where, what were you? Because uh, I, I, I kind of got dragged into uh, an appearance on an RBN broadcast. Oh, right. Where they, they invited this character, Kevin McCarron. Okay. Dr. Kevin McCarron. He's not a medical doctor. I guess he's got a PhD in microbiology or something like that. Okay. And who I really didn't know anything about. But in the process of getting involved in that, it just opened up a whole can of worms. Okay, what what post is it? What topic is it here? Is it Dr. Uh, John Campbell is a fear-mongering well, show? Well, we already pretty much dealt with John Campbell. Yeah. Uh, there is a post of on a video of an interview with a J.J. Cooey, C-O-U-E-Y, who's a microbiologist. Okay. And... Uh, these are the people running around saying that the COVID was a low-yield bioweapon that was deployed strategically in, uh, in uh, northern Italy, Wuhan, China, Korea, Japan, Seattle, and New York City. Right. Basically as part of a plot uh, by the people behind this. I'm going to call them the CDC, the World Health Organization, whatever. The Department of Defense would be better. Yeah, yeah. Catherine Watt would say the Department. Yes, of Defense. yes, yes. And, and the bio, Catherine Watt and, and the bioweapon is just a flu shot. That's the mRNA lipid nanoparticle flu shot. It's their new, it's their new transporter of these phony uh, protein sequences that they call viruses. Well, Cooey calls this transfection. Oh. And I have a post there. What is transfection? Okay, here I we go. Never heard that term before. Transfection is it, can only trans transgenders get that? Is that a that's a good question? We have to ask Mr. E about that. <laughs> I, that's not my bailiwick. <laughs> you see, I I'm going to stick with the idea that it's just the adjuvants that are the poisons that cause your body to go crazy. No, uh, these guys are claiming that this engineered mRNA or spike proteins and oh, they're saying that the 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 next. I'll tell you what it is. You know what this is? No. Prions. You ever heard of prions? Oh, yeah. That was a big right, thing. Right, This is the equivalent of Judy Wood's directed energy. Yes. Weapon. That is to say. Quite right. Quite right. right. The, 
the same way that directed energy weapons were dragged into 9-11 and the controlled demolitions, these guys want to drag prion science, if you can call it science, yeah. <laughs> into this whole, uh, you know, COVID uh, scam, this whole COVID psyop. So what are they doing one more time? They're saying, oh, oh, these guys have a scary, scary weapon that can mimic, it can mimic a pandemic. And that's what they used. Of course, that's also I called my, mass poisoning. Well, yeah, and I propose that they can do that if they want to do it. But fortunately for me, I was able to pull out a shot of inoculation and stick it in my arm. And that's called clues for them. <laughs> because whenever I want to know, I thought to myself, Simon Shack lives in Italy. Right. If anybody can tell me what the hell happened in northern Italy when they claimed the hospitals were overrun with this brand new coronavirus, it would be Simon Shack and clues for him. Yeah. And sure enough, <laughs> he deconstructed the presence of actors in northern Italy. Okay. So what I'm saying, and this Kevin McCarran was the actor in Korea and Japan. That is to say, he uh, he had a lab in Korea, so he says, doing prion research. <laughs> and then I guess he took a trip to Japan and there he claims he got deathly ill. And I believe he claims to be patient zero. Is that what they call it? Patient zero? Yeah, like ground zero. Yeah, yeah. he's patient zero for the COVID in Japan. What a bastard, really. What a schmuck this guy is. Because think about this. In... In February, January and February, when all this is being talked up, we were seeing these videos coming out of China with people collapsing in the streets. Well, I saw and one we guy talking. collapse and he went on his knees, didn't he? Yeah, but just badly done, obviously, transparently fake videos. And Tim Osmond of IPS was pointing these out. He wasn't the only one. High Impact Flicks was another one who was looking at these fake videos. And we even had a video coming out of China with Chinese people saying, it's fake, it's fake. And they had the guys out in the hazmat suits. Boy, that always terrifies you when you see guys in hazmat suits, right? I mean, that's pure Hollywood. Are you kidding? They're, the they're, they're wearing them in the old age homes this week. Oh, whoa. Anytime there's a little so-called outbreak... Is that just in Canada or is that, is that? That's crazy? at my mother-in-law's uh, old age home. So they, they put on the, uh, they're not, oh. they look, they're just the head to toe disposable surgical get up. Scrubs. That's what it scrubs. scrubs. Yeah. They're disposable. No, I, don't mean that. I mean, I mean like the radiation has. No, I know, but there's, <laughs> you know, well, even my hygienist is wearing the whole head to toe paper scrubs. And I said, do you really like wearing that? Cause every time she moves, she makes a noise, you know, the paper rubbing. It squishes. Yeah. It's ridiculous. I said, are you kidding me? This is, this is, this is over the top theater. Come on. Theater, exactly. And and when you and they, like I say, some of the uh, videos coming out of China, I guess this would have been long before TikTok, right? This would have been maybe on BitChute. I saw these. Yeah. Chinese, ordinary Chinese were saying, don't, this is fake. This is fake. They were calling it out as fake. Yeah. And 
at the time, there was this very strong dissident movement in Hong Kong. Every other day, we're reading about these huge demonstrations in Hong Kong. People that were, were uh, demanding a protect, you know, that the Chinese stop repressing the democratic movement in Hong Kong. You know, all that, that whole business about Hong Kong kind of didn't want to be absorbed and swallowed up into this totalitarian thing the Chinese yeah. communists are running. And, and the Chinese were having a hard time controlling that situation. The authorities were having a hard time controlling that situation in Hong Kong. And as soon as they came out in February with this new, novel, they called it a novel coronavirus. They didn't call it COVID yet. They called it a novel coronavirus. Yeah. And initially, the Chinese government was saying it, it was, it, they thought, they suspected a bioweapon had been unleashed against the Chinese people by the American devils. And the proof of that, that they adduced, was apparently the United States team at the Wuhan Military Games. Somebody got to explain this to me. The Worldwide Military Games in Wuhan, China, had an American team participating. And the claim was that this American team performed badly and was sick, got very sick with flu-like symptoms, a respiratory illness. Okay. And the Chinese adduced this as evidence that maybe these troops had been sent there to poison their population. So that was another rumor they spread. But people knew in Hong Kong that this was being used to shut down the dissidents in Hong Kong. The Chinese were using it to cordon off blocks, to, to quarantine people, to restrict them to their cubicles, their apartments. And they basically used this coronavirus emergency to, to just completely shut down the dissident movement in Hong Kong. And I got to believe that Kevin McCarran, Dr. Kevin McCarran, he knew they were doing this. He knew they were doing this. And so that, and he knows better. He's not stupid. He allowed himself, just like Tom Hanks and his wife became patient zero in Australia, right? Or patient one. Yeah, they were like patient zero in Australia. Yeah, he was typing on his Corona typewriter and all that. Yeah, McCarran, as I say, got to be patient zero in Japan. In other words, you get to be a crisis actor in this huge worldwide okay. media story about. So he was on that show with you. So where did you? Oh post uh, yeah, where yeah did you, we where didn't did you talk about that at all. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Here, this is this is the the post faking the outbreak with actors in Italy. Yes, that's uh, Simon Shack's. Uh, you know because. One of the things that this guy, J.J. Cooley, says is he thinks what happened in Italy, Wuhan, uh, Japan, Korea, New York City and Seattle was real. In particular, yeah. that the outbreak in northern Italy was real. Well, it wasn't an outbreak again. I think it was just a mass vaccination with the new style lipid nanoparticle flu shot it might have been i think it was theater it's always theater well even no. if there were sick people it's always theater okay so mccarran knew he was being used as a crisis actor to create a global panic he played a role in that i, I had no idea of this at the time 
I went on the show with him. Okay, where is the show? It's over at RBN. I know, but I told Jenna, I told Jenna, Jenna to give me a link. She never gave yeah, me a link. Jenna hosted it, and I don't know. It, I got to say this about RBN's audience. Yeah. They're sharp. They're very sharp. So you don't know. And, what's the name of the show? Do we know anything? RBN well, Radio. It was uh, Saturday evening. Come on, Jenna. Jenna, you're supposed to send me a link. Well, Jenna may not be talking to us <laughs> now that Brian thinks uh, you're an agent. <laughs> well, I'm an agent. <laughs> because you won't talk about biochar. <laughs> yeah, I'm an, I'm a, yeah, I'm not a biochar agent. I'm sorry. Right. Sorry about me, that. He said, I don't know. I don't know about, he said, fakeologist, definitely. He's, he's one of them. I said, what do you mean by that? He says, well, he won't talk about biochar. He must be one of them. <laughs> I've talked about more biochar than anyone I know. But anyway, this guy, McCarran, I didn't even know half the stuff about him, really. I didn't know he was a crisis actor. I thought he was a legitimate microbiologist, really. But, but it's scare, 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 you know, let's scare people. Well, I'm willing to concede that directed energy weapons exist. Maybe they've been deployed in Iraq. I don't know. By the way, what, I'm, I'm willing to, what day was that, that? Sorry to interrupt. I'm trying to find this here. What day was that? Uh, it would have been last... Mm, a week ago. Uh, mm. Would it have been a week ago today on the 16th? Or was it no, on a it Tuesday? On a, I'm pretty sure it was on a, a Saturday, I think. So the 20th? Or it could have been on a Thursday. Uh -oh. think. <laughs> okay. Well, RBN McCarran should be there. Yeah, I'm trying to find it here. McCarran. How do you spell that? M-C-P-A-I-R-N. Okay. I don't know if that's going to work. I'll type it. The IBN McCarran. Um, RBN, yeah. Yeah, I'm on their website now. I'm trying to find it here. Oh, here it is. Linertel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Yeah, I, I wouldn't waste much time listening to it unless you want to hear how this guy operates. What He's time slept. did you come on? But lambasted for say, claiming that there, oh, there were you are. pathogens developed that were designed to target specific genetic groups. And yep. uh, he was roundly... Something I speak about constantly. So the first, the first original spike proteins that were identified around SARS-CoV-2, you can look at... All right, so that's them. I'll put a link in the show notes, so I'm glad we found it. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll let you all know in advance. He's a shill. He's a total shill. Okay. As I say, he's one of the original crisis actors that started the whole worldwide scare. So he's probably working for the World Health Org. Patient zero in Japan, Kevin McCarran. Now, and, and he's also now apparently associated with George Webb, doing appearances together with George Webb. George Webb Swigert of the Swigert brothers, he and his brother David, who uh, they're specialists at spreading scare stories and starting panics and they managed to get shut down the port of Charleston, South Carolina, claiming that a dirty bomb was on a tugboat. That was back about 10 years ago. That's been a few years back. Jason Goodman was originally promoting them. I'm not surprised that Kevin McCarran would end up working with some of the lowest most <laughs> some of the low lifes <laughs> of this whole milieu. You know what I mean? Uh, but I didn't find that out till afterwards. 
I really have to give a lot of credit to the RBN audience. There's a lot of sharp people in that audience. And they did not let this clown McCarran get away with his bullshit. So, you know, that, that was kind of uh, inspiring to me how sophisticated the audience was. They knew they were being played. And they knew that this COVID thing is a hoax. And, and once again, to get back to my point, and this is very important to me. Okay. I don't doubt that directed energy weapons exist. Okay. But I what, wouldn't give a flying rat's ass if they if they use them on 9-11. That's what, not the point. Yeah. That's not the point. But they didn't need to. They really didn't need to. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not a, it, you know, for me, it's it, anybody who wants to talk about directed energy weapons in relation to 9-11 is really just diverting us away from the issue of principle, which is that it was a hoax and they lied to us and these were controlled demolitions. How they did the controlled demolition that's a specialized area. That's a hobby horse to ride. Oh, was it nukes? Oh, was it directed energy weapons? Was it thermite? Was it termites? Who knows? That's not the point. I know a controlled demolition when I see one. And how they did it is really irrelevant. And to drag me down a rabbit hole, no matter how James Fetzer fascinating it might be, is a waste of my time when it comes to getting out the truth about 9-11, which is that these were controlled demolitions, which yes. I think everybody knew. And that is the same way I feel about this question of whether a low-yield biological weapon was deployed to generate fear and panic and stage the COVID pandemic of 2020. Gotcha. Same exact thing. This prion science is nothing more than a replication of the Judy Wood DEW strategy to get people running down rabbit holes, sniffing for pissed on breadcrumbs, instead of coming out and saying, hey guys, this was a hoax. They faked us out. They lied. They made up numbers. And I still go back to Ron Paul's original statement in March of 2020. Right off the bat, he said, hey, look guys, they took the numbers from the seasonal flu column and they created a new column and they called it SARS-CoV-2 and now they've got an artificially <laughs> manufactured public relations pandemic and watch out they're going to seek all kinds of new controls and new authority god god bless ron paul he was saying this in march of 2020 so kevin mccairn you're full of shit and we're exposing you now and we're going to keep exposing you're a crisis actor. You helped the World Health Organization stage this phony pandemic scare. And worse than that, worse than that, you knowingly and consciously and deliberately gave the Chinese communists an excuse to shut down the movement for democracy in Hong Kong by being patient zero in Japan. You helped do that. You played a critical role in that. You were case zero in their case-edemic. So anyway, so much for... Uh, I posted a lot of material there in that particular forum. And uh, others have added material. Uh, let me see, Rachel and others have really posted a lot of interesting stuff there. They're, actually, Rachel has a very detailed analysis of how the United Nations runs these things. Uh, that's worth reading. On behalf of uh, the DOD, I would say. Well, that's the weird thing. You know, there's got to be a, a close collaboration 
between the Pentagon and the United Nations World Health Organization through the CDC to run these operations. And also the key to it is organizations, right? NGOs. That's right. Like the Echo Health Alliance run by Peter Daszak, which is a CIA front for setting up bioweapons labs wherever they can in Ukraine, in Wuhan. They finance it, they staff it. And they set the research priorities, which apparently in this case included gain of function research, which is the weaponization of pathogens or the alleged weaponization of pathogens. So, you know, they're creating a backstory for a movie script. And the movie script is, oh, dangerous bioweapon somehow slipped out of a lab. That was always going to be their fallback story. We know that. Yeah, in the beginning, they said it was bat soup or a pangolin or some stupid crap like that. Uh, snakes at the Wuhan fish market, whatever. They knew nobody would buy that. And always in their hip pocket to pull out, and they're doing it now, is their fallback scenario. This is just like with the JFK assassination, right? <laughs> There's always the Rabbit trails. Scenario. And by the way, I got a couple messages that um, the fakeologist.com is back up now, but it may show on your browser as insecure and you'll get a message saying, oh, it's dangerous. Do you want us to go ahead and go to this website? So I just got that. I just got that. Yeah, (laughs) I got that. They make it really hard to um, go forward. They put the uh, go forward in really small text and it's hard to read. On your phone, at least. So make sure you just proceed. I don't know if the security certificates will be regenerated with the restore or if I, or if I have to redo them. So just be patient. Don't be afraid. I don't think... Uh, no no site was quote-unquote secure before the last few years. So now this is just another layer of nonsense, as far as I can tell. Yeah, I'm getting a message that says your connection is not private. Yeah, it's not secure. It's not private. Oh, come on. It's all nonsense. Back to safety. <laughs> Back to safety. Where like is that. safety? You're under your bed? I mean, come on. This is just too much. <laughs> so if you get that message, just calm down and just, just proceed if you can find the proceed button. But everything is still up as far as I know. Everything. Uh, Apache is functioning normally. Yeah, we, we lost probably. Apache is a, ser- a server software. Right? Yeah, that I, th- I believe so. But uh, I don't know. Maybe it was internal. I'm going to guess it was more internal, but who knows? Maybe they injected a script or something that took out my uh, database. A virus script. <laughs> Maybe someone injected some hot Java into the... Int- uh, 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 right. A transfection. A transfection. Ooh. We got trans. <laughs> so anything between probably last night at mid... This morning at midnight to about now was lost so that'll just be a few comments and maybe a post or two so don't fake tube is also separate so that that was not affected tonight it's usually fake tube that causes the problems not the blog so everything else is still there everything else is good we still have twitter we still have our youtube channel our discord telegram and of course gilded um any questions? I don't see too much in the chat tonight. And we got a pretty good crowd tonight, Lynn. And uh, Not Shocked is here in the FacoTube chat. And FacoTube is up and it's running. All right. 
Yeah, do we want to say anything about this uh, Canadian Supreme Court ruling today? Do you think it's you, you know more, you know more than I do. You I I barely heard it, but I don't think it's a big deal. But what 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 was it about again? Well, they're saying that these measures that were taken violated the Canadian Constitution. I'm wondering mm. if, for example, a lot of these truckers that were in the convoy that had their bank assets seized now have grounds for a lawsuit against the Trudeau regime. Yeah, That's maybe. the first thing I'd think. I want to know how long they were seized and if they're still seized. See, I'm not, I'm not sure anyone knows the, the answer to that. I, I really don't know. I think it's a... It's all quite the side, Joe, but... Uh, you think anything that happens in the courts is basically theater? No, I think that just... I don't think this is the main idea. This whole uh, idea that the government can't do whatever they want. I'm pretty sure they can do whatever they want. I just don't think it's... Uh, it's on anybody's mind. Basically, what happened is the 30% that vote for the liberal government in Canada got all mad, especially the ones that live in downtown Ottawa after three weeks of have li having limited access to the roads around them, even though they were probably all out of town because it was so cold at that time of the year. Uh, they just called their government to do something to clear the streets. So the whole, the whole uh, bringing in of outside police forces... I just don't think there's any uh, anything illegal about it. It's, it was had bad optics, but I, I really don't think there's any. Well, the seizure of bank accounts could very clearly have been illegal, right? I don't even know that. I don't know what was what's the law. What 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 can't the government do? Is my point. Well, it can't. You know, I mean, here in the United States, it would definitely have been. Well, look, everything they did during those lockdowns was illegal here in the United States. Yes, except ordering the closure of churches, all that total violation. Canada, I, I don't know, but Canada I don't even know that because uh, Catherine Watt on her blog bailiwick.substack.com, she really lays out all the laws, yeah, all, all the enabling acts, and she yeah. even says, you know, this whole idea for the United States to to withdraw from all the IHR regulations, uh, they only need to repeal a couple of laws, and that's it. They they don't need to deal with the who at all. And she well, even uh, indicates on her last post that the people that are there's a couple laws in front of Congress, I believe. For, well, Donald Trump Donald Trump is promising to pull us out of the World Health Organization, among other things. Well, he already withdrew funding last time and then they just restored it, but that's not the issue. I think you really have to listen to Catherine Watt. She lays out what needs to be done. And even the latest uh, legislation that a couple senators or congressmen have put forth are not—they—they—they have a fatal thing missing out of them. So, are these guys just pretending as well? Are these guys just pretending to be doing something while leaving make, out something critical? This is the yeah, whole point. Sure, re repost that link to Bailiwick News uh, in the show notes, if you will, because I think if people want to get into that. Catherine Watt, by the way, refused to come on RBN with this guy McCarran. So she must have been wise to him. And she won't come on my show, so she's wise to me. <laughs> she give you a reason? No. She just said, I decline. She said it twice. I actually um, am a sponsor on her site, but that doesn't matter.
I do pay uh, ten bucks a month for her uh, for her Substack. I think it's worth it. I like this kind of news. But she said there's a fatal omission that is in this uh, bill purporting to withdraw the U.S. from the United Nations. So that's interesting. This is what I mean. I think a lot of these these laws, these lawsuits. They're all, all, they all have a fatal flaw. So are these people incompetent or are they doing it on purpose? No, they're never incompetent. So it's on uh, purpose. Look, right, of course. I mean, it made it, uh, you know, it's never, it's never a mistake. We're going to be told now, God, this goes back 30, 40 years from me. When 1968, 1969, uh, well, first we had the credibility gap. Credibility gap. Imagine that. Now, you know, the theme at this past week's meeting of the uh, World Economic Forum was the collapse of trust. And how are they going to recap, regain the trust of the masses? And uh, a best-selling book right now is Rescuing Science in an Age of Mistrust, an mm-hmm. Age of Doubt. So that's the theme now this week. But there's really nothing new because I remember the credibility gap in 1967, 68, where basically we had caught the Lyndon Baines Johnson administration and the Pentagon and Department of Defense lying about Vietnam so many times that nobody believed anything they said. So this was called the credibility gap. Along with the credibility gap, we also had the generation gap. Because the younger you were, the more likely it was you were adamantly opposed to this war in Vietnam. And uh, that led to this idea of don't trust anybody over 30. Yeah. So there was a whole culture of mistrust uh, at the time. Finally, one by one, all of these institutions flip-flopped and turned against the war. By 1968, I think it began with Walter Cronkite and then the New York Times. One by one, they all turned against the war and said, we should get out of this thing. And then by 1969, 1970, the line was, it was all a big mistake. I remember reading that New York Times editorial and the Washington Post had one too. They all had these editorials. Oh, we meant well in Vietnam. It was the domino theory. We were fighting to prevent the takeover of Southeast Asia by communism and trying to do the right thing and to help these people, to preserve democracy. And it was all a well-intentioned, honest mistake. And I, at the time, being in Students for a Democratic Society, for six months continuously, Yes. We used to print up leaflets on the A.B. Dick or Gestetner mimeograph. Machines. Ah, the Gestetner. Yeah, you old enough to remember mimeograph machines? Boy, but they, that, that, uh, for that, my computer club, the guy had a Gestetner. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, you get high from the ink, really. But I remember rolling out leaflets week after week after week that would said, Vietnam, no mistake. Vietnam, no mistake. It was very important that we communicate to people, and students especially, that this was no mistake. This was all very deliberate. And because things hadn't worked out the way they planned, now they were trying to 
weasel their way out of responsibility for it by claiming it was all an honest mistake. So we're seeing this whole script play out again with the COVID, right? Everybody wants to say, uh, well, maybe we overreacted. We overdid this. We overdid that. Except, of course, for Donald Trump, who wants to be immortalized as the all-time historic vaxxer in chief. Yeah, he yeah. wants credit for warp speed. And it was that wonderful shot, he calls it. I hope you will all remember. Let me see if I can quote him word for word. Yes, he's I pathetic. hope you all remember, if it weren't for me, you might have had to wait five years for that wonderful shot. <laughs> so he's going to double down on it, which he didn't need to. He didn't need to double down on it. That's the script he's reading. Someone's... His consultants are telling him, this is what you're going to say. Because he could just as easily have said, hey, I didn't know. Fauci was the expert. I turned it over to them. I was mistaken. I didn't know. I'm not responsible. You know, he could evade responsibility for it, but no, he wants it. He wants to own it. So I say this. No amnesty for COVID. No amnesty for COVID. Now, I know Tim Osmond over at IPS, he just wants to put the COVID behind us. Yeah, me really, too, it? but it's not happening, is it? No, no. Disease X is what they're talking about now. Uh, or whatever other, whatever new now, they, there's a new strain of flu. There's another, another variant of the COVID that's emerged. And prions. We have to worry about prions now. <laughs> so... Somebody's trying to keep this thing alive. They're trying oh, to resuscitate yeah. it. Well, Catherine Watts said they just added uh, Ebola and Marburg in the latest. Uh, Marburg, yeah. In the latest yeah, Gazette. I, people think they're going to, that their next big panic they're going to generate is around Marburg. Well, they just didn't, uh, Xavier Becerra, the dictator of the United States, just added it into uh, the Gazette. They tried to start a panic around Zika, but it flopped, right? That's when those green vests started. That was <laughs> you know? pre-COVID, though. Right, so, before COVID. But I, I think... Zika's not were, even on the list of communicable, quarantinable, communicable diseases. But, I remember uh, Fauci personally welcome, welcoming patient zero with Zika off the plane here in the United... to be treated here in the United States. I think, I think he came from Brazil or something. Yeah. I'm so, just, yeah, they're going to try to run it. So I say it's like 9-11. You might as well say put 9-11 behind us. Most Americans would prefer to forget about 9-11, really. Americans of, of, who were of an age when it happened, they don't want younger people to remember that they rolled over for 9-11. They really don't. They'd, they, they'd wish everybody would just forget about it. But as you say, they keep dragging out the same crisis actors again. And they keep talking about Israel's 9-11. So that... 9-11 isn't going away. And likewise, you know, even though most Americans would love to forget the COVID episode, they'd like to think it was an episode. Huh? We went through it. It's over. It's gone. Why don't you guys let it go now? You know, I, I took two of their, I took two or three of their shots, but then I stopped it to the third one. And, you know, people, Americans are so gutless. They're so gutless because they don't want to look at even recent history and admit that they were played and admit that they were taken advantage of and admit that their economy was destroyed. 
and admit that their freedoms were gutted and admit that they behaved like craven cowards. Admit that their their church services were shut down. Admit that they allowed small businesses to be destroyed by the thousands. Admit that they let a corrupt elite suck their blood. This look. First, there was a shakedown. Let's scare everybody with a pandemic. And then there was the heist. And that heist, to my knowledge, is the greatest transfer of wealth in recorded human history. Yeah. Greatest transfer of wealth into centralized corporate hedge fund hands. The greasy hands of Larry Fink and BlackRock and Vanguard and State Street. And Americans would... They know they rolled over for it. They know they rolled over for it gutlessly, shamefully, disgracefully. And therefore, it's perfectly natural that they'd want to forget about it and that they'd resent anybody bringing it up. But we're going to keep bringing it up, aren't we? Aren't we? We are. And strategically speaking, I kind of want to see RFK get on on the ballot in enough states to run a credible third-party campaign because that's his whole issue is the COVID, right? I oh, I don't even know. I'm not even following uh, too much about what he's saying anymore. Well, he's, maybe he'll go nowhere. I don't know. Maybe he's already obsolete, but... Well, they said he's supposed to siphon off from Trump, but who knows? It's all it's all theater, I think. We all agree with that. So, hey, what, well, else, you, what else you got for the rest... What else are you looking forward to this week, Lynn? We got to wrap her up. I went a little late yesterday, so... Uh, I gotta get. I gotta catch back up if that's possible on the sleep pattern. Well, off the top of my head here, I listened to uh, uh, John Lebon's uh, discussion with Tim Osmond. Oh, I did too, and that and, I posted that today, but it got wiped out, so I got to do it again. Yeah, here's what's bothering me about that. Oh, go for it. Well, material reality is what's bothering me. Okay. So it's do- you know, they're sitting there dissecting the statistical survey. A demographic study of who believe who thinks the end times are coming. And All right, more likely, eschatology. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> John Lebon is wondering. Well, it looks like twice as many African Americans who were polled think that we're in end times. And it kind of bothered me they were the way they were talking about this because it sounded very rarefied in the sense that don't these guys realize? That Western society, certainly, and American cities in particular, are in a state of catastrophic decline and freefall. Yeah. End times. The cities are descending into chaos. And if you live in these cities or near them, the crime, the decaying infrastructure, the hordes of fentanyl addicts that you see on the streets of Kensington and Philadelphia, this looks like hell. And that's why these people think we are living in end times. Yeah. Because you can see the material. Co- it's not, you know, the way that Tim Osmond and John LeBond were talking about it. It's like, well, it's just, it's in people's minds. It's in their heads. It's ideological. It's, it's in their imagination. No, no, they're not imagining what's happening. We are in the midst of a catastrophic decline and fall. So somebody posted that video of the vet, the uh, 
the porta potties down there on the beach in Venice, California. Did you look at that? Yeah, I posted that on uh, last night's show. That's German in Venice. Yes, right. and there's somebody right. living in, in one. Yeah, I love that guy. And Dingo uh, wants us to comment on a video, but you got to put it in the FacoTube chat because I can't click in the Restream chat. So if you want me to play that for Lynn. Yeah, I tried try doing that too, and it wouldn't work for me. No, <laughs> it's, it's got to be in the FacoTube chat. So we'll give John LeBon a plug. He says uh, he's going to give it one more year to uh, try and make a living off his website. So good on him. And he's charging, I believe, $113 a year to be a Bonversation member to pay. You know, I have no problem with John and trying to make a living um, off this. I, I have my reservations about paywalls, but that's fine. But uh, we have no paywall here, of course. You just pay whatever you think our service, our content is worth, and you can make it commensurate with how much you have. So if you don't have a lot of money and a couple of bucks a month is a lot to you, that's fine with me. So do not worry. No, I can't cut and paste the link. You got to post it in FacoTube chat or send me an email, Dingle Baby, because I'm going to wrap up the show in a minute. If you want me to, you can also email me stuff. Okay. So yes, the the site is back. So thank you very much. And I think I got a uh, a voicemail. I didn't turn on the phones today, so let's play this from I guess uh, uh, from what's his name. Here you'll hear. Hey, fakeologist. This is John the Beggar from the South Shore of the St. Lawrence. I can't get to your site tonight or anything. <laughs> they say it's not secure. They cut me off from Google, from Dogpile, from everywhere. They won't even <laughs> let me get to the site. They say it's unsecure. Just thought I'd let you know, buddy. Uh, you can call me back at this number, 313. Okay, so I won't give out his phone number. Yeah, the security certificates of the site, I guess, need to be updated, so I will do that. Okay, okay, fake. Okay, we're going to... Right here, I have a camera that's been modified so that it shoots an... Okay, we're going to watch uh, a directed energy weapon uh, video. So let me put this in the right place so Lynn can see it. And then we will um, we will play it. Lynn, he wants me to... So give me a sec. Yeah, everyone that sees this uh, security certificate just freaks out when it comes to a website. That's really right fascinating here, to me. Really fascinating to me. I It shouldn't bother anyone, I don't really think. So he says, go to the eight-minute mark. So here we go, Dingo Baby. Uh, we're going to find it for you. Here we go. So this is, okay. But when they're separated enough, the electric field is too weak for total breakdown. Instead, just a small amount of current finds its way through the cardboard. Are you seeing this, Lynn? Now, if I use the laser to light the matches in between the electrodes, the arc... Lynn, are you watching this? Lynn, are you there? I don't know what happened to Lynn. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Oh, okay. Jump the gap again. This works because the flame generates conductive ions that makes the perceived gap between the electrodes smaller. I'm sure there's also an avalanche effect, 
from the extreme field grabbing charged particles and smashing them into neutral molecules in the air to make even more ions. Here's another cool trick. The plastic tubes here are filled with strontium aluminate glow powder. Oh, so this is styropyro. Okay. 2.39 million. So, okay, that's pretty interesting. But you're saying that's how a transistor works. I get it. Okay. I like it. Thank you, Dingo Baby. Appreciate that. Yeah, if you want to just eat, you, you, I do check my email from time to time when I'm doing a show. So uh, I'm going to have to restore the security certificates now. Lynn, you got any closing comments before we shut her down? Yeah, just with respect to that last point I made about yeah. the discussion about end t the psychology of end times. Okay. And whether in fact it reflects the real experience of people, especially African Americans, living in these cities which are apocalyptic right now, that all of us should be aware of the weakness of solipsism, S-O-L-I-P-S-I-S-M, very difficult to pronounce, solipsism. Look it up, study it, and be self-aware enough so that you don't allow yourself to fall into solipsism, where you interpret the world around you subjectively just based on your own individual priorities. You got to step outside of yourself and look at things objectively. Biggest problem we have in the movement right now, solipsism. Okay, interesting. All right, any more uh, shows you're going to be on this week? No, this, this is the only show I go on. All right. <laughs> hey, no, you were on the RVN show last week. We're all going to have to listen to that, see what you're talking about. Yeah, I didn't do so well there. I think McCarron kind of, uh, he he... He kind of ranted over me a bit, but I got to say that RB audi RBN audience was really sharp. They took him on. They did. <laughs> they did the job for me. <laughs> they were good. So they, they call into the show? It's a call-in show? Yeah, they called in and they put him, oh, they cut him up. Yeah, they were good. They weren't about to put up with his bullshit. They knew, they all know the COVID's a hoax. They all know it. We just got to keep emphasizing it. A psyop, a hoax, a media Psyop. <laughs> All right. All right, Lynn. Thanks a lot for joining in. Thanks for uh, letting me uh, do that three-part series last week. I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, this is Lynn's show, by the way. Yeah, this is the Lynn Ertel show. That uh, You got that right. All right, Lynn. Thanks a lot, and we'll see no. you on the Facebook forum. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about fakeology. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you, you bring a lot of knowledge to the table. So I'm glad you made it. And thanks for uh, putting all those posts at the Fakeologist Forum. I appreciate that. And so do all the other all the other visitors. It gets a lot of views. And anyone can read the forums. They're wide open and free. But if you do log in, it'll keep track of where you left off. So make sure you uh, check out the forums. And again, if you like the show, fakeologist.com forward slash donate. Or you can even send me an email and let me know that you listen to the show. We did get a couple emails this week. And uh, maybe I'll read them tomorrow with fake nukes, Bill.
Yeah, Benton, don't ever bump Lynn again. Well, we'll try not to. But uh, sometimes we have extra guests and there's nowhere else to put them. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for joining. And we'll see you tomorrow with Fake Nukes Phil as we carry on this this endless fakeologist show. It keeps on trucking. All right. Take care. Good night.